0: Riech und Ehre, was ich dir noch angescheid, so bist du sie alle Ehre. Was ist?
1: This is New Right, a podcast for the Lost Arts, reclaiming the literary holy land from the heathen. This is Dan Baltic. And this is Matt Pegasus. And this is episode twenty two. 22, with Delicious Tacos. Fucking A, baby. In, in real life, here with us, doing a real live interview. Yeah, I, I exist
2: as a physical form. <laughs> gonna... So is this a right-wing podcast? Good good question.
3: Um, I would say, all on that, I mean, so what, what would you say, Dan? Yeah. What I
1: would say is to be in kind of the arts today, if you're like writing anything that's honest or real, okay, you're kind of on the right, because yeah. any sort of like, writing that you do for corporate publishing or whatever, if, you know, if you are getting published, it has, it's going to have a left-wing slant.
2: I think that's about to swing around, and I think we'll be back to a more classic place of, (laughs) like, people that I'm, that I tangentially talk to are getting offered book deals as, like, the, you know, the writer of the right wing perspective on X, Y, Z, you know, sex, TikTok, whatever the fuck, you know, normal trendy hmm. horseshit. Okay, cool. Um, and we'll be comfortably back to the left being oppressed and the cultural right, whatever <laughs> that may be, uh, being the, you know, at least the people with money. And I say this only with respect to books, that's <laughs> never going to happen with movies or whatever, but who cares? Like, there's no right, really. There's no left. Uh, w- what does right mean? What does right wing mean? Um, you know, occasional racist, like <laughs> casual, a casual misogynist. That that's something that I'll own. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't have stringent views on tax brackets or yeah. right, fucking, yeah. uh, petroleum policy or anything i don't give a shit about any of that stuff and uh i'm only like i i espouse no right wing beliefs but i don't fight the right wing label just because as you say the sjw stuff is all just such a bore yeah um Mm -hmm. and it just none of it is there's no evergreen quality to any of it right it's all reacting to very ephemeral newsworthy shit um like but if anything, you're
1: probably economically, from what I understand, more left wing.
2: Yeah, I, I have money now, so I've become, <laughs> I've become economically yeah. right wing. Like I've become the Grover Norquist guy where right? I'm like, if you can't. And I'm looking at the amount that I'm paying in taxes. I'm like, can you fucking believe this? These goddamn welfare queens like do not soaking, up my, yeah, soaking <laughs> up my fucking precious yeah. money. Um so yeah i became middle-aged and <laughs> when you get when you hit 40 like people just start giving you money uh, if you're like a you know well i'm kind of crisp, getting haircut close white so man. Uh, Yeah, you know hopefully got my fingers crossed. Yeah, I, you get invited to the boomer boat club and start getting some cash that you throw into some vanguard etfs and start <laughs> complaining about the welfare state right i mean I uh, I do. There's no solution to any collective problem. There's no solution to societal problems, right? Like people are fat, they're poor, they drink, they fucking take oxycontin, and they fucking shit in the street, and all this and <laughs> crime is happening, and blah blah blah, and like oppression, racial oppression. You will no, none of this will ever be solved, and so there is a a. I guess you'd call it a right wing philosophy, which is like, I feel this way about homelessness. We all, or I don't know if we all live in Los Angeles in this room, but at least two of us do. There's tent cities in the street, yeah, people it's not bad. Uh, gargling human shit and uh, committing cannibalism and running around <laughs> nude, smoking meth. There's no programmatic solution to this where like Gavin Newsom can do something or like build a fucking bunch of tiny houses. There's no, that's never going to work. Like the solution is for the individual to get sober, right? Yeah. Um, I'm an Alcoholics Anonymous. So like when I can, I go fucking meet homeless people that want to get sober. I try to help them get sober. That's what I do. And if that works, then that will get them sober. That's the solution. Like all those people, 100% are alcoholics and drug addicts. And so, that was the solution for me too. Like I was fucking doing a ton of Coke and, you know, doing all kinds of shady shit. And I had a massive negative net worth and, uh, was on my way to an early grave and I fucking got sober and then all that instantaneously turned around. Mm-hmm. So there's no, uh, that is kind of like a, a Reaganite view maybe that government, not I don't think government is like malevolent, but I also I agree that it's ineffective. I Ineffective, I also, yeah. yeah. Corporations too, though, are horseshit, which is right. like left wing. That's here, the thing, right? yeah. Like Apple is Apple and Google are obviously horseshit. And they're and they're getting so big that they almost have
3: the role like a, yeah, role a government esque role in our, and our lives. Yeah. A, I mean that that's maybe an overstatement, but they're there's they corporations have become totalizing in the age of, you know, social media and the internet yeah. in, a, in a way that during the Reagan era, they were not necessarily so. I mean, I guess they've always had. But some. that's
2: how you know conservatives are completely impotent because you see a lot of their messaging is like, "We should do this." Or, Tech companies need to do X, Y, and Z. Like nobody's going to do shit. There's no "we." Nobody's. You're going to keep using your fucking phone. It's going to keep spying on you more and more to yeah. sell you bullshit, and there's nothing you can or will do about it. And they're going to keep fucking calling themselves, uh, you know, Apple, an Irish corporation to not pay taxes. And there's nothing anybody's going to yeah. fucking do about it. And it's just the way it is. It's an Irish yeah. apple. Yeah.
3: But but to go back to your original question, like, is New Right a, a right-wing podcast? I mean, sort of in the sense that you laid out, you know, we're...
2: You hate black people and Jews.
3: <laughs> exactly.
2: We disavow. We disavow. But, um, just, you know, we're, we're in this corner of the
3: internet. We definitely have views that could probably be described as right-wing, but but more so, um,
1: it's j- Culturally, just, not economically. Yeah. And, yeah, just kind of like, I Thanks. mean, I think probably Matt and I, Matt would co-sign on this. We, you know, appreciate traditional values. Yeah. And, and actually, that's kind of something we wanted to talk to you about. All right. Because it seems like... There has been there there's much being made of the vibe shift. Yeah. You know, you know in many the respects. Twitter vibe shift. And it seems there has been a bit of a tacos vibe shift mm-hmm. in that as you you say you're, you know, in middle age now, yeah. you're like, you know, making more money. And it seems like you, you know, the younger tacos wanted the thrill of the chase, wanted, you know, the all that. And now that you're, you know, getting older, you, um, you know, you seem more thoughtful about marriage and kids. Sure. And like, what, uh, what do you make of the tacos five shift?
2: Well, I think about this, the the reality is I was always looking for love. I was never just looking for pussy. Mm -hmm. I enjoy pussy. Yeah. I've certainly had a good career with it. (laughs) Yeah. It's too easy a frame to say that I was, you know, a Lothario who then wanted to settle down and be a family man. It's I was always looking for a, one mm. girl that I would love and be with and care for, and it. I just kept fucking it up or they didn't like me. You know, you can't, I can't, if you like them, they don't like you. The real, <laughs> some of the core problems that the red pill PUA guys address are really true, which is that. The more you like them, the less they like you. It's just uh, like women's mm-hmm. nature is just horrendous. They you know, huh. they really should be uh, heavily oppressed by society <laughs> I and mean, that forced works to well, yeah. They should all so. be forced to wear, all be forced to wear burkas and uh, not not get any education and uh, be out there milking cows and churning butter. Um, so I was uh, anyway. Maybe that's why I don't have a girlfriend. But <laughs> but. I was always looking for love, and I just couldn't find it. And the the vibe shift has been that I've allowed myself to let it go, right? If I go to the grave without ever getting married and having a kid, then that's okay, too. I will find another way to find meaning in life. There are things about me genetically that are good, as you can see sitting in the room with me. I'm a powerfully handsome and charismatic (laughs) man. Every inch of my physique as though it were chiseled from fine Italian marble. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. incredibly angular jawline, piercing blue eyes. Doctors just naked right now. Straight, like (laughs) a giant pulsating uh, paper towel roll-sized member. Um, Yeah, every, you know, genetically I am perfection, except that I'm fucking crazy. I'm a crazy alcoholic and drug addict and sex addict, and uh, I've got all kinds of other quite bad mental illnesses to boot (laughs) so uh and for you know i i just think nothing of like risking entire careers or fortunes or what have you to be a blogger talking about pussy i refuse to change a punctuation mark to tone my shit down Mm -hmm. and so may you know this genetic package perhaps was not meant to like if i breed I would have to breed with a hot, happy idiot. And that is just to breed out some of the neuroses, some of the yeah. craziness. Yeah. Cause it really does bring a lot of pain with it. So I wouldn't yeah. want somebody to experience, you know, the fucking mental anguish that I go through every day. So I need, I need a fucking woman who's a real schmuck, right? Like a <laughs> real, real dummy and just happy all the time, right? So. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. And then that's not something that I could stay married to and have a conversation with and, you know, go to the movies with, right?
1: They say that uh intelligence and personality actually passes along the mother's line. Okay, good, line. Right. So that might, you so know, I'm, I'll have might be a great, yeah. great <laughs>
2: stupid kids.
1: Like, yeah, no, I know all my mom's neuroses and I have them. And yep. yeah, my dad's like really like, unflappable type of guy and i'm like what the fuck i I mean miss that shit (laughs) conversely i am my father
3: so i can't go either way but yeah interesting Um, is that
2: i think that's one of those things like like they always used to say boldness came from your mother's side i think that's true that that sounds like horseshit to me that sounds like so how would they know that Back well, my
1: grandfather's deck. bald, yeah. and uh, you know, I—I'm not saying that whether I am bald or not, because that's you know, an <laughs> quality. But uh, I might be. So,
2: all my, all of my grandparents, or my grand, both my grandfathers are bald, and uh, <laughs> oh, well, you've I, made out like a
3: bandit. I have a yeah. thick,
2: lustrous head of hair. Yeah, I'm like a Norwood 2.8. Like I've got a lot of widow's peak recession going on, but I don't have the crown baldness yet. Yeah, I know. Which is yeah. true baldness. Like, that's true, like, <laughs> holy yeah. shit, like... You gotta
1: shave it down when that happens. I mean, it depends,
2: like... I'm so if if you were bald, <laughs> hypothetically, were. like, you have a the kind of face that is suitable to be bald, like... Thank you. I have a... I, have, <laughs> I l- really would look like fucking Gargamel, or... I don't know if you know, Gargamel's bald, but like, some weird, like horrible like medieval friar or something <laughs> if i were yeah. bald i've got a fucking weird face
1: well the hair compliments it well Thank so you. luckily yeah. you're uh my you're in business s- there.
2: all my all turning completely gray now though thinking about dyeing it and oh uh, really yeah, yeah several women have told me not to which means it's probably probably something i should do <laughs>
1: true yeah what they tell you to do is usually the wrong advice right. go with the yeah it's opposite. usually almost the exact opposite is what you yeah. should do <laughs> uh you mentioned before that men hit the wall do yeah. you still stand by that do well i that-
2: i think so most men are born on the other side of the wall and spend yeah, their entire good. life trying to get over Chiristic. it um, 40 is the wall for men and, uh, oh, I, um am living it <laughs> 36 to 39. It's a man is your absolute pussy peak. Girls want to date you. They want to fuck you. So you peak right before the wall. You peak right before yeah. the wall. And then, uh, and that's why it's such a shock. Like once you hit the fourth <laughs> floor, once the odometer rolls over to 40, you're like, Oh shit, I'm a middle-aged man. I'm a Damn. fucking middle-aged man, which is not... As an existence, middle aged man is great, right? But I was actually watching, uh, I watched like some podcast that like Bill Maher was on. He was talking mm-hmm. about when he was a kid, he couldn't wait to be like his idols were like Johnny Carson or like James Bond, and all those guys were like 45. <laughs> and now women's idols are TikTok stars that are all, you know, 19 like, and Japanese a half. teenagers. Yeah. 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 yeah, teenagers. There's no respect for old people anymore. Um, hmm. I mean, good
1: for Korean bros, though. Like, they had it hard for a long time. Yeah. So, that, you know, that was a, that was a,
2: that K pop culture was mandated and, and nurtured by the Korean state. It was oh, a yeah. government project. That uh, oh, was successful, successful one. Ones. Yeah. Yeah. And they did, like, China should do that. That's something that Moldbug talked about It's like, Chinese people are, you know, the Chinese, the, whatever, the Chinese culture or the government, whatever they are now, is great at, Top down managed collective economic growth, but they export nothing that is cool. China, everything about China is so profoundly uncool. It's true. Uninteresting culture. You could probably,
3: people saying a similar thing about Russia now. I mean, it's a little different, but basically that, you know, they have a a good sort of nationalistic culture over there, but the whole world is kind of against them right now because they haven't really successfully been able to, I mean, exporting cool, cool stuff is one thing, but they haven't, you know, they haven't, they have not been able to get their side out there. So to speak, um,
2: what happened to Russian writing? Right? Because exactly. yeah, I think about that. They yeah. created yeah. the best, like Gogol and Dostoevsky, are unmatched.
3: Yeah, I don't and know. I mean, I I literally just don't have enough familiarity with uh, with Russian culture to, to comment on this. But you do. I mean, on this podcast, we talk about oh, the state of American literature, Western literature. It's it's you know, look at the top ten list. It's it's no good. But I, I mean. I, there's something going on with Russia too because yeah, Russia has a great tradition of novels, and I mean, I can't, I can't name a single besides Alexander Dugan, who writes writes nonfiction. Can't name a single like living Russian author. Maybe that's a me problem, but I I don't know. Yeah, what happened yeah. to literary? I mean, I guess I, communism probably happened. There's really yeah.
2: there's one good writer in the entire world now. Anyway, and that's Welbeck. Oh, I there's really, say there's you. really <laughs> one I thought that was going to be Takas. Yes. Yeah, no. Right. I, look, I can, I do my best. I give myself an A for effort. Let's put it that way. But there's one, like, you know, one guy, like, Welbeck is the only living guy that will certainly, like, stand with the ages, Mm -hmm. right? Maybe just we're in a less literate world. Well, we definitely are. There are other more interesting media, right? If I'm, like, if I'm fucking in a room and there's, like, a big book and then there's a fucking TV. Yeah. uh, Or there's, like, some fucking porn. Yeah. What am I going to yeah, pick right. up? Am I going to yeah. you know reach for fucking war and peace or am I going to uh, choke the chicken and watch <laughs> my 600 pound life? Like yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. With regard to Russian media, like, yeah, I don't know if there are any Russian novelists right now who are any good, but what I do know is on Amazon prime, they have a lot of Russian movies produced by Russia, which is produced by the state. Basically right. they are fucking terrible. Yeah. like it's you know it's, it's, like straight up propaganda right and like ours is too ours is uh you know uh globalist propaganda oh, sjw movies, yeah. propaganda but it's even a little more nuanced like the Russian stuff is like something like like straight out of like World War one era American propaganda yeah
2: and Russians <laughs> actually used to be like Soviet film was all right there there were yeah. there were some oh, even yeah. the, even sort of slightly propaganda stuff I mean Like, yes, they haven't had another Tarkovsky, right? But then Mm -hmm. we haven't had another Stanley Kubrick, so. Yeah. Who knows? All culture is garbage now. Who cares? Like, the good Mm -hmm. news is that you don't need, there is no, the promise of the internet kind of came true. There's no centralized culture. There are people like me, I'm doing, you know, I have like a few thousand people that read me and that's great, right? It doesn't like, I'm glad that I'm not in the at the airport on the New York times bestseller list or any of that. You don't need, you don't need to be, uh, you know, some propagandistic product. No, I hear you. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean, you'd have to be compromised to do that. I think in terms of honesty, I mean, not that I'm not saying the idea of a, a mainstream successful and good book is impossible, but it's, doesn't seem likely right
2: now. Like, okay. every one that I think is going to be it just ends up being kind of prissy. Yeah. Like, anything. Like, publishing is so weird. And, mm-hmm. like, writers are so such weird pussies. And uh, I'm, yeah. not, like, I'm not saying I'm some fucking manly man or something. But the, no. one, one of the reasons Swellbeck is so great is that he had a job. He had to have a fucking job. Sam Pink is somebody I really love. And, like, right. Sam's got a fucking job. He's yeah. a normal dude that has to fucking wake up and put on his pants and yeah. go fucking... go perform services for uh, you know for someone so there is something about like just being in touch with normal life
3: no yeah in order to be one of those top 10 list writers you have to be part of like an ultra elite uh cast of people who are like given this money by whomever to you know basically do nothing with their life and write and
1: yeah uh, i'm not mfa program yeah coming, I, tr- yeah, coming... where they didn't they never had jobs yeah. they just you know learned how to write and they learn how to write from people who want them to write the same type of thing and so Yeah, you know,
2: I, I you know, I think about this, so the MFA question, right? because um, I've talked to a few people that have MFAs recently. This is mm-hmm. something I'm always curious about, right? I I, I I obviously have like a resentment toward you know, something that I fight not to have, but I do when I see, you know, people getting book advances or yeah. yeah, basically like getting in a position where they can get pussy from writing, right? Yeah. Be in at like New York parties and stuff. And I I don't want to be a person that defines themselves in opposition to that, right? Like if somebody mm-hmm. offered me a publishing deal, uh, it would be pretty cool. I might not oh, yeah, t- I might course. not take it because I like uh, I like watching the charts on Amazon and like I like collecting the money myself yeah. and not having somebody fucking steal it from me. But that that seems cool to like so uh i know this guy john Lindsay who wrote a book called body high which is yes. a great book outstanding book that everybody listening to my voice should go by um so he got a publishing deal he's got an mfa and sort of he went through the t- traditional route and it really doesn't sound that bad and the product is not compromised um, in other words, it's a fucking real book. It's not a yeah. shit fucking pussy book. It's like a you know, it's, it's 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 as real as it gets, right? So it can be done, and uh, I think the resentment I feel about that, or any any feeling I have to be like fucking MFA culture is bullshit, is just because what I should have done is fucking stuck with an undergraduate writing program instead of dropping out of college and then got a fucking mfa and then been in fucking paris review and uh Mm -hmm. what would my shit be like I, i don't know i mean that's an interesting interesting thought experiment right because there is an element of i don't fucking know like writing is think about like is it like punk music or is it like classical music? Yeah. Right? Like maybe there is something to going to a conservatory. At the same time, if you think of a writer, the idea of a writer as teacher, uh, how would you teach somebody to write? Like people ask me how to write constantly, and I tell them what worked for me was just wake up early and find yeah, gonna, type. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't That's think all you, can you can teach. I you can teach, hab- you can teach yeah. habits. Yeah. yeah. You can workshop, right? and you can workshop. You can, yeah.
1: you know, force people to write and workshop their writing. But like you can't I teach people to have know, like a good.
2: This is this was, this is if I taught a class, here is what I would do. I would go in first of all. I would fuck all my hot students. As, <laughs> as soon as possible. I would go in and I'd tell my students like, look, first two months, you are going to just write every day for an hour or half an hour, and not show anybody, and fucking don't think about if it's good or not. Just go like this, clickety clack on the keyboard for for every day. Though. Don't skip a day next step is you're gonna somewhere in that vault of material you've now created because you've written you know a seven or eight hundred page book of stream of consciousness yeah. find a story yeah and then step one is give me the ten thousand word version of that story right you give yeah. yeah actually step two is give me the five thousand word version of that story step three is give me the 2500 word version step four is give me the 1250 word version mm. then look at those four four versions of the story, which is the best one, Hmm. you know, that's what I would do. So do that. If you're listening to this podcast, (laughs) try it, try it and see how it goes. Hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I have been trying to, like, I wrote a novel and you know, that was like a great experience and it's being published by terror house. Oh, nice. Uh, Congratulations. Yeah. yeah, Thanks. And um, yeah. But it's hard to get into that mind frame to write because like at the time when I was writing it, I was uh, furloughed at the start of COVID and like I had four hours a day, which I would write and like that you get into the rhythm, into the character voice. But then like, you know, you have to keep it up writing every day if you only write on the weekend, at least for me then you know you lose whatever the character was thinking whatever the strain of thought that you were like running with yeah you gotta create it again
2: well but people do these things different ways right like i do pick stuff up and then put it down i pick projects up and put them down um sometimes my daily writing is just like fuck i can't write today you know yeah yeah you do go through dry spells so there's there there are multiple approaches and again is it like a weightlifting approach where you have to do it a certain amount or is it like a prize fighting approach where you have a certain amount of fights you can step in the ring in your life before your mind is just erased by taking (laughs) that left hook right like sam sam said that he takes breaks bukowski took breaks um has you know a book every five years um I like part of what I do is I write, I blog a lot. Yeah. As both a means of self-expression and kind of keep my chops, my editing chops up, but also as part of the promotion because part of what you have to do in what I'm going to say this scene, right? If you are a self-published writer or a small, you know, Nazi publishing. you got you you (laughs) what's up matt and matt i will see you in fucking mindanao (laughs) this time this time next year in the philippines um (laughs) so you uh you are all you got in terms of promotion it's you and your little network and uh it's you can the good news is you can promote yourself better than a an institution can promote you because they really can, nobody can sell books and nobody knows how to sell books. Yeah. Um, but you're all you got. So you got to keep putting material out there. The mistake that I see people make the most is they want to do, uh, you know, they're young and they write a couple of things. One or two of them are good and they want to just plug that one thing and the way you get an audience is by writing a hundred things. You just pl- yeah. plug and plug and plug and plug and plug and be a place that people can come back to. There are a certain amount of people that are looking for something good to read. There's not a lot of new good shit to read out there. And like when that person finds your website, you want them to have a hundred other things to read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And that's also the best fit. Like if you find a good new YouTube channel or something like the best time to watch a TV series is after it's wrapped yeah Yeah. and you can watch the entire show it sucks waiting a week for every new episode um it sucks waiting for a a fucking guy's new book right because it's going to be years so you want to be discovered at a time when you have material that a person can really get into and enjoy and then they'll start following your new shit yeah that makes and sense yeah. unfortunately it's like
1: a feature of modern life that like you might write a great book and that might be it'll take you two years or whatever but you might also write an essay that gets shared much more widely and yeah. gets you see a much bigger audience yeah than you wrote in the morning yeah and like so it's important i think to keep you know those both things in mind it's great yeah. to write real works of art and a short essay, not to say it's not a real work of art, that can get you a lot of exposure and a lot of readers. The
2: other thing about uh, book sales and book promotion is dudes think about it like we are, you know, because a movie is considered the the big canonical artwork mm-hmm. in our culture, right? And a movie has is deter- movie success is measured by its opening weekend. People think that you have to have a successful book launch too. And the reality is it's a long tail and you just I'm looking at a copy of my book, the pussy by delicious (laughs) tacos available wherever fine books are sold. And like I sold very few of these when it first came out. And then, you know, like I sold more of these last month than I did the first month it was out. And it just, you keep plugging it. You can plug this. I shill this, I've been shilling this fucking book (laughs) for six years and, uh, it, you know, it keeps trucking
1: by the pussy, by the pussy, yeah. <laughs> of office, you know, yeah.
2: uh, when you hear this podcast, if it's just come out, my book, Savage Spear of the Unicorn, my newest one is on sale for $3 on Amazon. So yeah. go check it out. No,
3: we'll, we'll release this pretty soon. Yeah. So I think it will probably still be great. Right. Um, I do want uh, to comment on the, like the, the writing habits of it all, um, I gotta say, if it means anything to you, we you know the first time we spoke online was on a different podcast, my friend Robert's podcast, at the very end of 2020, and I, it was around the time I, I had just turned 26, so I felt I was kind of entering my later 20s, and I wanted to like cultivate better habits in my life. And uh, you, um, you you had said on on the podcast I did with you, and, and obviously you say this elsewhere. You know your your whole line about you know you got to wake up every morning and write. I think you've even said the same thing about like lifting and fitness yeah. and. Um, it really did influence me at the time. Uh, yeah. and, and it has continued like in my life since then. You know, I, I probably was going to I'm not trying to like give you too much credit like, oh, tacos, you you changed my life, but like uh, um, I, I definitely am Absolutely, a life changing. <laughs> <laughs> definitely that that um, it was around my 26th birthday and there was a there was a moment around that time I did that podcast where I kind of got my shit together a little bit more with regard to a lot of things uh but most importantly perhaps uh with writing and having a consistent habit there
2: well that's good to hear yeah life is all about your fucking habits man not it's not about the special occasions it's about what you do on a fucking tuesday yeah yeah um so yeah lifting and physical training is i guess another like right wing thing that i espouse right is it's very right wing to be in good shape um, to have good cardio. Yeah. I do. I have been training Muay Thai. That's a very, I suppose. Right. I noticed that in the writing. Midlife yeah, yeah, crisis yeah. thing. Yeah. I'm mostly talking about getting the shit kicked out of me. Tacos beat us up before. The, that's, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the irony is like, I started doing it, uh, because a guy threatened me in the park. Yeah, I think I remember the story. And I yeah. was like, I have if this you know, if that had escalated, I had no plan. So I went and started training how to box and then the boxing was giving me brain damage. So I'd switch to Muay Thai and like the irony being that I've now like voluntarily taken ass beatings <laughs> that the guy in the yeah. park couldn't give me in a million years. Like you it's know, good. that guy just yeah. not throwing could not throw like a fucking roundhouse kick into my liver. Which I'll yeah. tell you is the worst, oh, uh, the worst oh, you'll ever shuttered.
3: experience. Yes. Yeah, um, um, Yeah, no. A lot of the the, the stereotypical right wing thing is like pack heat so you can be uh, protected, but honestly, actually, yeah. physical training is probably more important because you're not always gonna have a gun.
2: It's, c- it's also it's just, like you're, it's you don't, just, don't want to kill someone,
3: but yeah, you'd be pretty sweet to kick someone's ass if they <laughs> friend you. I don't know. <laughs>
2: I still don't know if I can kick someone's ass, and I hope I don't ever find out. Like, there's it's a right. different scenario when I'm like fully stretched like my hamstrings are all loose i've got a mouth guard in i'm wearing 16 ounce pillows on my hands and like padded greaves you know uh but it is it, it's just it's good for your fitness like fighting training is the best thing for your cardio that i've ever found because yeah. if you don't get your cardio up you're gonna get the shit kicked out of you so like you're real motivated yeah like you're motivated it's, real. it's not yeah.
3: you know it's not masturbatory i mean i guess you're you're it's sparring it's not like yeah. a real fight but it's it's as close to real as you can get
2: yeah yeah sparring can get yeah. pretty salty like not even, whatever, I'm not even, I'm not doing anything hardcore, but, like, you can fucking, you can catch one.
1: You know? Yeah. I did Brazilian jiu-jitsu in college. Yeah. And yeah. Like, I was never more exhausted in my life than at the end of, you know, a session of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, just because, like, wrestling with people yeah. for, like, an hour, it's the most exhausting thing in the world. Yeah. And, yeah, I've never been as exhausted. And, yeah, people do get salty when you're sparring. Yeah. Like. I remember one guy, and also like it's always the newbies who are the worst because yeah. they don't know how to behave. And like one guy kept trying to like bend my fingers back. I'm like, no, <laughs> dude, yeah it's, that's that's uncool, yeah, it's not fair. It's not cool. Yeah, it's not how we do things it's here. Not like MMA, but I mean, it's also like actually in the street that is what would happen. Right, so it's kind of uh, you know it's kind of a flaw in the Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's system. another <laughs>
2: another point about the importance of habits, though, right? Because what you do, you so you need cardio. If you're going to spar, believe me, like you're going to want like more. It's like spending money on vacation, right? Like when you like you don't want to you do not want to fucking gas out. The only solution is to have more money. The Mm -hmm. only solution is to have more cardio. Fortunately, the path to getting more cardio is clear. It's simple. (laughs) It's not easy, but it's simple. You fucking get a backpack full of heavy shit. You put it on your back and you're fucking running up and down. 100 stairs or you run run up a mountain or you jump some rope which fucking sucks or you do bag work and you just make sure that you're fucking you do a pyramid of kicks uh which is you know believe me fucking exhausting um Mm -hmm.
1: what about biking
2: uh i used to bike a lot i enjoy biking when i'm actually like trying to take my bicycle from one place to another for a non-fitness reason uh, I think that I I think there's an est- I have an aesthetic problem with guys who wear the spandex <laughs> <shirt> <laughs> me too. with me too. the uh, brand logos on it that are like Italian <laughs> fucking Ital- you know whatever it is like Fiat and all this other like Italian horseshit and the you know weird little fucking Smurf helmet and shit and like wrapped just, sausage yeah there's something it says something very uh, it's. That's a real middle age thing. I think when you're 50, you start getting like I had a like th- I,
3: those guys probably get all that expensive shit for Christmas from their wives yeah, and yeah. whatnot. Kind of, yeah,
2: I had an ex who uh, had her Tinder match age set up to into the 50s, right? And that was what every guy in their 50s who is on Tinder, which is like. Please come. By the way, if you see me on Tinder when when I'm over 50, like, please come, like, shoot me. (laughs) But that's what they all got is the the super fucking, you know, super Italian bike with the the shot of them, like, in the spandex with the fucking shorts with the, like, pad making it look like they have no dick. And then the logo's all over them, like, raising their hands in triumph just to show that like they can still yeah like i'm still load. my heart still a beats knot. that's <laughs> yeah. what their selling point yeah. at this point like my lungs still operate my yeah. heart's pretty good you know got more gas in the tank oh yeah. my god who knows all the shit that i disparage like older people for i will 100% end up doing yeah well you, you famously had a bike stolen once right i did have a bike <laughs> stolen and i went and got it back oh you did right. okay i always wondered about that i got it yeah. yeah i went to the fucking i just canvassed uh uh, I answered ads on Craigslist for bikes of the same model. And I went to one, oh, uh, sweet. I went That's to one house and smart. like I see it and it's a guy's yard sale and the guy looks like fucking Danny Trejo, but like huge. <laughs> and I'm like, and I go look at the bike and it's like, got slightly different color stripes. And I was like, Oh, thank God. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but then I went and found it at a used bike shop. And so I went in and I was like, Hey man, you got my bike. And he was just like, yep. <laughs> <So> <laughs> he just gave it back to me. That's sweet. Wow. Well, yeah. Yeah. Matt and I wanted
1: to also bring up the topic of uh, pussy to you. Yes, but uh, uh, a specific type of pussy—the actual animals, cats. Uh, yes, and we uh, we both uh, Matt and I have cat stories, and yeah. you uh, you have a cat story. I do have a
2: cat story. Well, I have and a lot of cat stories. So my cat now, you know, my beloved cat Bud, died. He was killed by my neighbor's pit bull.
1: Pitbulls, fucking. I mean, like, I don't want yeah. to say
2: any animals. Yeah, fuckers, you know what? But. Like, I've done a lot of work <laughs> to like just be okay with pitbulls, right? Like, I was, I had a pitbull like wander into my house the other day, just wander. What? And, Jesus, was a fucking yeah, pitbull, yeah. and it was like a message from God, Like, <laughs> fucking be at peace, right? And I, a nice pitbull like wandering around, like it's not. They're they're dangerous dogs, and people, you know, should be responsible about having them because they do. Fucking, obviously, yeah, you know, know, 13% of the dogs commit fifty-two percent of the <laughs> crimes here. But, right. But uh, this pit bull was wandering around at night and wandered into my house. And then it just came and hung out with me. It hung out with me, sorry. Right. You know, like, what is this fucking huge-ass... I opened the back door and there's, like, a giant white... Some giant white animal in the darkness. I'm like, <laughs> And then it's just a pit bull, like, wagging his tail. Big, muscular-looking, like, yeah. ghetto-looking pit bull. You know, junkyard dog pit bull. And I'm like, "What do you want, man?" And he's like, "He just wants to fucking hang out. He just wanted to come and yeah. sit in my house and well, hang out." So with Pitbulls yeah. are
3: weird because they they can be exceptionally sweet, Yeah, even yeah. as dogs go. Oh, I mean, extremely friendly dogs. I, like, I had a the problem is they snap. Yeah, but yeah. I, I had a roommate who had a pit bull, and, and I loved it. But um, but like one time it attacked like a gardener or something. I wasn't there, but like I heard about that. I was like, "Oh damn!" So I am a little bit in the I don't know. They're kind of sketchy.
2: Yeah, but my cat died. And uh, I got kicked out of my apartment and I was depressed and sad. I moved into a new place and then there was a cat hunting gophers in the yard. I planted a garden and gophers were eating my crops. And then one day I noticed a gray cat (laughs) sitting in my garden waiting for the gopher to come out and fucking rip his head off. And I was like, hey, buddy, you know, I asked around, what's the deal with this cat? People are like, nobody knows. He's feral. So uh, I left food out for him for a year, just every day leaving out food and trying to get close to him trying to get close to him one day he let me pet him and now he comes in and fucking hangs out and uh he's a giant love hog he uh, had some you know i took him to the vet he had a health problem that could have killed him i fucking took him to the vet a yeah. couple times and like had to keep him in the house at you know post-surgery for that and like i love this cat his name is woodrow yeah he's a feral cat from the yard and he's the best dude i love this fucking guy
1: and you used your uh, AMC profits for that, right?
2: I did. I bought some AMC stock and then I sold a bunch of it to cover one of Woodrow's egregious vet bills. Yes. Yeah. It's one of the best stories to come out of that. Yep. Bump. No, for sure. <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> no, um,. Not not this house, but my I have another address. that's a long story, but basically, um, that <laughs> neighborhood, house. <laughs> yeah, that neighborhood. There's like tons of stray cats. So uh, over the course of the pandemic, working from home every day, I, I also started feeding uh, some of the local ones, and and a couple of them have become have uh, become very friendly with, and yeah, like let them in the house, as you said. Yeah, dude, there exactly. you go. Fucking
2: nothing like a good cat. It's a great balance of, like, loving, cuddly, pointy ears, cute animal, and, like, savage, murderous beast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Um, Yeah, I was going to say, especially, uh, so I I started, I think I tweeted about this, but I started feeding these two, I guess kittens are, like, young cats at the beginning of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. uh, male and a female. Um, And, yeah, you really start to see the gender difference as they get older, because neither of them are, like, neutered or fixed or anything, And I used to just kind of, like, you know, pet them both, bring them inside. But now the female cat just hangs out on the porch all day. Like, she just wants to be pet and fed. Uh, And um, the male one, like, he... I I don't know. I I saw this with Woodrow, too. Like, when they're not neutered for... And maybe he is neutered now or something. Yeah, he is. But, like, he's kind of got those, like, big cheeks and stuff. Yeah. Apparently, like, that's the effect of testosterone
2: on a cat or something. He's definitely... uh, He is constantly in a war with the neighbor's cats. Like he has yeah. an enemy. Right. Well, that's he, what I was
3: going to say. Yeah. The, the male cat that I, that used to be very sweet. Like he got, yeah, big walnut cheeks. I mean, I feel bad because like he comes around and he's, it's always, uh, I think he's like pretty alpha. I think he's kicking more ass than getting his ass kicked, but it's very evident that he's going around and fighting other cats. And like, I'll know he's in the yard cause he just meows really loudly. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, yeah, the, the effects of
1: testosterone on cats, uh, Male cat, pretty, pretty stark, <laughs> he's Yeah, like my my childhood cat. He uh, he he was neutered, uh, and in those days, you know, it was, you know, it's, it's sad we wouldn't do it now. But he was declawed, mm-hmm. and so he was a house cat. We had strays in the yard, and uh, you know, he would always try to escape. And one day, I see him going escaping, and he's like headed right toward bounding toward like a group of strays huddled together. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh fuck, he's gonna get fucked up by these stray cats. But he scatters them and jumps on one of them and starts like biting the fuck out of him. <laughs> I had to pull my cat off the stray cat. Yeah, baby. <laughs> it's, uh, I'm like, oh, I fuck didn't know him you up. were what so. Was, what up, was his name? Rocky.
2: Fuck him up, Rocky. Rocky, uh, fighter. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. uh yeah, male cats can be uh, pretty.
2: Uh, cats hate each based. other so much. Like, you know, why can't they just fucking chill out? Dude? I know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like we had two cats, and he would bully the other cat his whole life. I guess it's like uh, yeah, they, they're
2: <laughs> territorial because there's only a certain amount of like rats in a in yeah the, I mean certain amount of acreage
3: right I always when I was learning about like tigers and whatnot growing up it's like yeah there's one of them in like an x square mile and, and you can tell even with uh you know stray cats that a, a similar thing like they have territory yeah they spray yeah. and they, they'll kick your ass the same with uh, birds, the
2: birds of prey all hate each other. Mm-hmm. Except when they mate, you know they have a little right. hormonal change. They get together, mate, raise a chick, and then they fucking hate each other again. And just yeah. do nothing but like fucking dive bomb each yeah. other to drive drive the enemy off the territory. Yeah, no, we, yeah.
3: Bird, bird behavior, cat behavior, lots of lots of weird mm-hmm. hormonal influence stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And maybe we
2: should all neuter ourselves, and we do <laughs> much more. <pleasant. laughs> so,
3: uh, yeah, no, no, cats for me were kind of a weird. Quarter, not quarter. I don't know if I had a quarter life crisis or not. Maybe, maybe not. But like, uh, I've definitely changed a lot over the past few years. And I, I grew up like a total dog person mm-hmm. to the point that I didn't even really like cats that much. And I, I've like switched one eighty.
2: Well, like, were you, maybe you got uh, toxoplasmosis.
3: I, I actually, when I learned about that, I was like, yeah, I just started. It was around the time I, my brother got a cat. I wasn't living with my brother, but I would like you know be around for Christmas. Like maybe I got it then because yeah, it's it's a hard switch. Like I'm now fully a cat person for the reason that's probably
2: it. So toxoplasmosis is this parasite that, um, or bacteria or something that lives in cat shit. And it's, it's got this real complicated life cycle and it's real victim is like a rat or it can only reproduce inside a rat or something. But it, uh, it makes rats more impulsive and less afraid of cats so that they get near the cats and get infected or infect the cat or something. And then it's in the cat shit. And there was a study that came out recently that uh, kids who had been exposed to outdoor cats were more likely to have all these, like addiction problems and you know all the things that I have, basically. I always had cats <laughs> when I was a kid and it's like, it makes you fucking horny, sex addict, like borderline, like. B-B- oh, so in addition calm, to yeah. liking
3: cats, I will now be more likely to have these
2: issues as well. More impulsive <laughs> and, you know, like, you know, riding a motorcycle without a helmet and all the other shit that we do. And it's for, it's all geared towards, uh, the back, the toxoplasmosis organism is steering you towards I don't know what it is. Getting closer to catch shit or just you know, loving having have spreading your corpse <laughs> in some other place where it can infect more cats or something. But it, it's uh, I, I'm playing with the idea of like some kind of toxoplasmosis story now. Like what it, what is the angle here? It seems like a good short story for a guy that a toxo toxoplas- guy that gets toxoplasmosis. Yeah, so maybe like, like an a, alpha a, and we'll, he
1: like finally gets a girlfriend because of yeah. toxoplasmosis. You know, I I think
2: it's it's more about like. The, this concept that like we think what we do like reductionist, I, 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 it would be an echo of this reductionist evolutionary psychobiology that people practice, right? Like where there's no like real meaning to life. It's all just like we're adapted to assert dominance over the other man. And like all these nerds talking about all these, like women want to, you know, extract resources from the man, whereas the man wants to inseminate as many females as possible. And it's all just really dry and robs the the lived experience of any meaning (laughs) and so it's the angle is somewhere in that where like this guy has had this incredibly meaningful passionate life right and like chasing after women and he's doing the impulsive things that toxoplasmosis makes you do and it's all like he's driven by he feels like he's driven by some spirit right yeah thumos if you will and then uh it's really just the fucking toxoplasmosis. Like toxoplasmosis is his real master. The, real, the, per- the real purpose <laughs> of his life is just to like get like other people near cat shit as much. as possible. <laughs> there know? is something,
3: yeah, kind of uh, poignant but also hilarious there. Yeah. Uh, can we expect this to be a chapter in true love? In true love, yeah. maybe.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to. So true love, I'm still kind of sorting it out. I've been adding more. Uh, I still am not have not like cracked the main meat of it yet.
3: Yeah, I get what you're saying. I yeah. mean, I I don't speak from a place of experience because you've written way more than me. But but you know, as someone who's written a novel and is conceptualizing other stuff, sometimes you know you know what you want to write about a yeah. long time before you know How anything that's going to generate a plot. or yeah. even just yeah.
2: So I know, I know what the plot is kind of spiritually and I have some ideas of what it might be mechanically, but I just haven't, like I did finally some good news and there was a moment when the plot started rolling in that one and it was like, okay, and then I'm just on. Yeah. And like, I'm not there yet with True Love. I've I've written the, uh, the inciting incident, I think. And I, and I know what the beats are and I know what the ending is, but I also like one thing I told myself is I'm just going to not have any deadline pressure with this, like I'm just not gonna like if it takes years. It's gonna take years. Yeah, and, uh, I'm gonna I, let it yeah. take years, and so. Because I have be. But you're a, blogging in the meantime. So. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. toxoplasmosis thing could be part of it. Maybe like yeah. there's a there is a room in it for, sort of extraneous chapters. Um, Stories mm-hmm. within stories, Decameron type stuff. You know, it's a much more maximalist than finally. That was always says. my
3: impression and yeah. hearing you talk about yeah. it. But uh, It's but looser, no. yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I think that, I mean, it is It is about true love.
2: It's right? about true love, yeah. Yeah,
3: I think that's great. You know, I think uh, we talk about the whole, you know, tacos vibe shift. I mean, it sounds like this. I don't want to use the word soft because... It's, we can, ah, whatever, it'll be fine. Especially in our scene, I feel like soft is considered bad. But it's, it's nice... You know, to to hit that register where it's about you know these
2: you know more sensitive emotions. Yeah. Is Look, that accurate? Yeah. I've I've always been a huge pussy. I'm identified <laughs> with like maleness and manosphere and all this other shit. I've always been a huge sensitive pussy, and I've always hated the uh, the the guys that are like your feelings, get blah blah blah. Your feelings don't matter. And don't forget about the or that that one, which is like okay, jerk off, like. <laughs> what what's your favorite song do you think somebody wasn't feeling something when they wrote it like i hate like stiff autistic masculinity oh yeah Yeah. and then uh stop complaining is the other big thing i always get stop complaining or stop telling you know why would i take advice from you like number one like again what's your favorite song right yeah like or like what are the great novels of the world do you not think somebody was fucking complaining and uh, I've never said I was giving anybody fucking advice stupid like i never <laughs> I never told anybody that this is how to live. I was poor, you know can barely afford ninety nine cents a pound chicken parts living in a fucking you know one bedroom under a family that ran around on the hardwood floors all day like I've never put myself out as a as a role model for anybody um, but yeah, I've always been a fucking huge weeby pussy, and uh, that certainly isn't changing. So, but the vibe, the the there is a vibe shift, and again, the vibe shift is just giving up on the strife of it all and the the urgency of it all. Like I need to, ah, like when I turned yeah. forty, I was like, it was too late, and I was like, I gotta fucking get married and have a kid. And like you know, the more I grasped at that, like the farther away it flew. Yeah. Um, it's one of these things. There's a couple a couple pieces of wisdom that I didn't come up with, but that, you know, you can either control your life or you can enjoy it. Yeah. And then this is another thing I heard Bill Maher say recently, which is like happiness is like a butterfly, well, right? Like you can right. try to catch it, it's going to f- fly away from you. Um, kiss joy as it flies, as, as you know, to paraphrase William Blake. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm letting it go. I'm fucking letting it go.
3: I hear you, yeah. I mean, there is this... Uh, people view you as someone who is at times pessimistic, neurotic, whatever, but um,
2: but yeah. there is
3: this incredible... Uh, I don't want to use the word fucking zen, but there, there's a great calmness in I your do, writing I and, do, and a romanticism. I
2: do um, want to address the pessimism thing, too, which is that I know that I write... Sometimes I read my own shit, and I'm like, holy shit, I was really fucking complaining a lot about... You know, things are pretty good for me most of the time, right? Yeah. Like, I am like... A reasonably good looking dude who uh, lives in a sunny climate and I got a yeah. fucking nice cat and things are good, right? Right. But and I write about that. If I if you wake up in the morning you're like, ah fucking boy, I enjoyed my coffee this morning and what a healthy shit oh, I took. Yeah. Yeah, it's boring. You can't put that in a book, right? Yeah, yeah. So and and people give you shit about it if you're yeah. a blogger yeah. complaining, quote yeah. unquote.
3: But, um, like, you know, Welbeck is, yeah. is fucking pessimistic too. Yeah. And, and, um, I mean, some, maybe some people would fault him for that, but I think the same, some of the same people who be like, oh, uh, you know, oh, shut up, tacos, stop complaining, would probably yeah. like yeah. Welbeck. So they don't realize, yeah, you, you, you write about, uh, not you personally, but one, yeah. you know, you, the, you, uh, any writer has to write about some kind of, some kind of darkness or not necessarily darkness, but some kind of strife. It I mean, has, to, has be to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: and you have to be honest, right? Yeah. So, like, if you're writing, you know, trying to write some stereotypically masculine like, <laughs> honor or whatever, yeah. this and that, like, you know, you, it's, it's not going to sound very honest or very, you know, interesting because you're shutting off whole parts of yourself.
2: I think whenever somebody has a message, right, My, here, I, I'm beginning to think, that, like, anybody who has strong political beliefs is an asshole and, like, anybody that <laughs> yeah. has a philosophy is an asshole, or, or, like, thinks, oh, about, yeah, yeah. Th- even thinks about philosophy too much as an athlete. <laughs> I like, was a philosophy major, but yeah. Uh,
3: I, I'm, I'm, I'm recovering. I'm a, there's I'm a repentant. certain,
2: like, there's a certain stiffness in the yeah. sphere, right? And uh, people, I think, I people call there's a scene of that people would call misogynistic, but that's not even quite what it is. It's just like clenched and stiff, and uh, I never like outwardly think about masculinity. Because I'm just... I'm a man, dude. Like, I'm masculine enough. And you know what? Like, playing folk music on the guitar is masculine. Oh, very much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't have to be uh, raw eggs and uh, running around with a fucking chain around your neck, deadlifting and shit. Like, I do plenty of masculine shit. Um, I don't know. Yeah. No, definitely. Um... You
1: have, I think on, maybe it was on BAPS podcast Mm -hmm. mentioned that, uh, and this is an advice to younger men and all of this, uh, that the dating market is grim as it is. Um, the new formula might be game, a fame, game. game. that
2: was, that came from Roosh. So I cannot take credit. This is Roosh, Roosh, uh, pre, you know, conversion to, you know, Ukrainian (laughs) orthodoxy, um, was uh, a real... Uh, was a great game writer. And he said in the future... I'm about to sneeze. Excuse me. <laughs> bless you, bless you. <laughs> Motherfucker. Bless you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you keep that in. Um, he said in the future, you'll need game plus fame. Um, and it's just because it's becoming more... This is the thing that Andrew Tate also said, which is that a woman can now get attention... From a man anywhere in the world, so a chick who's posting her ass on Instagram is getting likes from a guy in Djibouti. Like you cannot, <laughs> comp- and also like every horny guy with ten million dollars and a in a boat is also trying to pursue the same woman, right? So yeah, it's 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 uh, you know mega Perito principle. You
4: right. know,
2: few guys are getting girls. This is all old news, but Roosh's differentiator was. Uh, you know, fame plus game. And, and one of the examples he said is you have to be the editor of a notorious cupcake newsletter, right? It doesn't, <laughs> you don't have to be uh, fucking, you know, Timothee Chalamet. You have to just be, they have to know your name. This is another thing that Adam Carolla used to say. It's like, all that matters is they know your name, right? Yeah. yeah. And so,
1: that has power. Yeah. Like, yeah, especially in this economy where yeah. like, you know, I was talking with my girlfriend the other day and, um, you know, about how approaching is different these days yeah. and i you know, of course maintain I'm not approaching women, honey, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> the, um, everyone's looking at their phones. Yeah. So if I were to approach any girl, like she's looking at her phone Yeah. and it's like, it's like, Oh, excuse me, ma'am. I'm trying to hit on you. So I'm, you got to be here.
2: the guy that's on the phone. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 The guy she's looking at on the phone. Yeah, yeah. Right. exactly.
2: Yeah. Um, and uh, it sucks, but, but, you know, it doesn't suck for me because I'm yeah. marginally <laughs> famous. So it actually works out pretty well. I'm pretty stoked about it. Yeah. The problem is that I got doxxed at my job, so I had to stop showing face. Right. And, uh, and then I, I write in a self-deprecating manner about what I look like, right? Mm-hmm. So I think women, like, bought it. Like, they all think that I'm ugly now, so they stopped. Doing that. <laughs> Every time I, like, meet a woman who... Has read my stuff, like she tries to have sex with me. So, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, uh, related to that or not, we definitely wanted to pitch the um, the thing that's happening on April fifteenth. Is it fourteen? Fourteenth Now, God yeah.
2: knows if it will actually stick, right? So, uh, I am supposed to do a reading at the Ace Hotel downtown at nine p.m. and it's a whole night of shit. It's from nine a.m., nine p.m. to two a.m. I'm going on early because I go to bed early. Yeah. Um, Will that still be happening by the time this, this airs? Who knows? So I hope so. Watch I my Twitter feed, delicious underscore tacos. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm going to go do a reading, um, and I'll be on there for 10 minutes, right? So if you don't make it, don't feel bad. And if you can't make it, I'll do another one, you know, if it's good. Um, but you never know when you're working with other people, and that's another great thing about being a writer and not having a publisher is you don't have to fucking collaborate with anybody. When you are working with other people, things can go away at any time. This is a, yeah, a reading that's organized by uh, a magazine called Forever Magazine. It's These two women that uh, that are cool. They seem great. The magazine looks good. Fucking venue seems good. Everything seems good. You never fucking know. If you never know when SJWism is going to rear its ugly right. head and get that <laughs> shit canceled. There's another reading the same night from kind of the same scene uh, at stories, Stories, which is uh, ironically where I wrote a lot of the pussy. Oh, Um, that's an interesting bit. Yeah. Uh, So we'll see, you know, I'm going to go to that one too. Um, John Lindsay is actually reading there. My friend Steph is reading there. Um, But you know, why are there two readings in the same night? Like, what the fuck is going on? Is that, like, one of them, like, a counter-reading to the other one? Is there some weird gossipy, like, right. sceney shit happening? You and, never like, know. Scene-stirism. Is them. somebody <laughs> going to fucking get <laughs> yeah. canceled? Is it fucking going to be blah, blah, you know, whatever? Is it all Peter Thiel's money secretly funding this shit? Like, who the fuck knows? So it right. could all go away. Um We hope it happens. And I don't really care, honestly. Like I'm gonna do my best to give you the fucking audience member the best reading I can. Like let's be real. Like going to a fucking prose reading sucks balls. It's the (laughs) it's the worst art form ever. You know, it's like getting a fucking nice book, cracking it open in a hot bath and relaxing, or sitting outside in a nice day in your lawn chair. Right? Why do I need some fucking dude reading the shit to me that I could simply read into my own mind? At my own pace, well, yeah. sure, yeah. much far superior experience. Now you know, there's a novelty. People can come and see what I look like. Like, yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, no. We have you done readings before? Or this would no. be your first, right? No. Yeah. Well, I've done with, you know, real little ones, maybe. And again, I'm not like I have no talent as a performer, so there's nothing to to you know, there's th- no appeal that I'm going to get on there and put on <laughs> a good show. I'm going to you're going to hear my nerdy voice like you're hearing now. It's going to sound like this, except it's going to be my fucking books. So. Uh, you know, it'll be cool. It'll be cool. It's just like a toe in the water, right? I just want to get out there and like fucking maybe I'll get laid, you know, right. maybe I'll impress like whatever girl I'm dating. If I bring her there and like, she's like, Oh fuck, you really are fucking people. Do oh that, oh yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. yeah,
3: exactly. Fame plus game. I mean, I think that's, that's what's appealing about it to me. It's not that I, uh, I it's not that, it's not like, as you said, it's not like reading a book is like seeing a band perform. But it's just the social element of a very online scene, yeah. and you know, there's a lot of us here in LA, so it would be cool to yeah. just meet, rub shoulders. You know, sure,
2: I, I, yeah. I guess it would be cool. Uh, who knows, though? Who the fuck knows, man? Um, yeah but I, I get what you're saying i I, was yeah. got, I went to so i was in this uh there's a guy named asher Penn who makes a magazine called sex magazine they interviewed me in sex oh, Magazine. I've that. yeah i've heard of it too and yeah. i went to the launch party the sex magazine launch party and like one or two people came up were like uh you know blah 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 i, I introduced myself I'm like, well i'm actually in this fucking magazine we're like, <laughs> delicious tacos They're like holy shit you're delicious tacos we're like that's such a uh it's a weird feeling yeah um and it feels very cocaine ish to me. It's like, uh, I, if the desire, like part of me wants fame and acclaim and praise and yeah. the cool people to like me, yeah, really bad. Yeah. Like part of me wants that really bad and like wants it in a way that it's the same way that I want to fucking smoke crack, right? Yeah. So, like, obviously, like the sense that I got is like, this is a feeling I can never have. I need to immediately diffuse this and just establish, yeah. like, I'm a fucking schmuck that uh, fucking blogs, right? That used to post in the fucking Rushby forum about getting pussy in the Philippines. So, like, don't, like, don't look up to me, right? Like, or at least I just do my best. I just fucking sit down. I really do my best. I try to create a good product. And it's like a guy that is trying to make you a fucking pair of shoes like a cobbler trying to make you the best pair of shoes that's all i want to do you put on the shoes they fit you good they're comfortable you can walk around there's no fucking holes i didn't fucking cut corners on the materials that's what it is so uh but i lust after that celebrity and then uh you know a lot of the girls on that scene are fucking hot um mm-hmm. and i want them to fucking see me as like uh you know, underground, like, cult writer that's cool, Bukowski-ish fucking, you know, uh, bad boy, when, in fact, yeah. I'm a nerd. I'm a fucking nerd that uses <laughs> Microsoft Excel, right? I wake up at 6 a.m., and I go to my corporate job, and I fucking make spreadsheets. So uh, there's – whatever. But I want pussy. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I yeah. want pussy.
1: One of the real tensions in our sphere is, like, but obviously, we all don't dox like yeah. your delicious tacos. I'm Dan Baltic. Matt is Matt Pegasus. Not our real names, yeah. and um, but you want to have you know be known. You want to meet people who read your writing. You want to you know get to you know get out there. Yeah, yeah. so, so the it's but, desire to connect. But
2: yeah. I also I don't think that the, so the online relationship, and especially because I'm you know a blogger too. And I'm on Twitter. I don't think the online relationship is inferior to the IRL relationship. Yeah. Um, And I don't look down in it. And the people that I know from online are, I consider to be good, real friends that, you know, there's dudes that like, I fucking, you know, look, if they need something, I need, you know, favor or whatever. Like, and I don't think that that's a, a relationship that's lacking or should be scoffed at oh um, true yeah. really it's more about like so I don't really give a shit about meeting my male readers <laughs> like I <laughs> yeah. want to meet my fucking female readers that have big tits <laughs>
3: makes sense yeah, yeah. But with this reading, you're potentially sharing a stage with uh, Eugene Kodelorenko. Are you familiar yeah. with him? Yeah. No,
2: I've never heard of any of the. Oh, people okay. The I was. Um, I'm I was no offense thinking. to any of them. I'm sure, like I'll, I'll try to familiarize myself. I've never heard of any of these fucking he, people. He's
3: actually he's um he's got some clout. He he's made a couple movies. He's a filmmaker. Okay. Um, you know, Dasha
1: movie. was in a couple. Yeah, of movies,
3: Dasha so from is. Red Scare was in one of his movies. You know, so I, I, my question, I, you is know, one you of
2: the, is it one of the ones where she was naked? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, then I've seen a, I've Wobble seen a lot, yeah. I've seen a lot of freeze frames from his films. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. No, Wobble Pal yeah, is a good movie. Crazy.
3: But <laughs> I, I was going to ask if um, if there had been some connection there. Like I, I was hoping that maybe he was going to, you know, make. Uh, finally, some good news. Uh, the, the indie film. But- yeah.
2: Well, if he wants to cut me a fucking check, he's welcome to make finally some good news. Like uh, my v- view on movies uh, is, I I worked in as you know, I worked right. in Hollywood for nine years. Like, uh, if I never have to look at like uh, fucking final draft formatting again, like it's a good you know that's a good day. Uh, if I never have to what you know, whatever. If somebody wants to make a movie of my shit absolutely do it uh i cannot be creatively involved oh okay that's your i just, you just want, don't want to look at the final draft form I, want that. I, the, I get that i want the check i want uh i want fucking the promotional ability to use the existence of the movie to sell my books and i want you the filmmaker to have a great experience and make the best movie of your life i fucking hope but i don't care uh I want, you know, because I'm done with that. Like, if I have to revisit the world of Finally Some Good News, which I worked, I will put everything into that. I put everything into that that I could. And maybe it has flaws now. I don't know. But, like, I can't look at it. If I'm reading that book, if I pick it up and I'm flipping through it. And it is a good book because, like, I end up, like, reading through it every time. Not to jerk myself off, but whatever. (laughs) I fucking did my best. And then I see that, like, there's a fucking typo or something i'm like i cannot open this goddamn yeah, yeah, document yeah, 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 yeah. and correct this typo like oh man so the, the concept of like revisiting the characters and then somehow cracking like the real appeal of the book right it's like the character has no name describe him very little I, because you, the reader, are the character. That's yeah. you. That's you yeah. and your. Oh, that's how it reads. Exactly. Yeah. That's how all your work. Yeah, reads exactly. that's what it's. Yeah. And that's nuclear war. Yeah, that's XML what I. Yeah, fantasy. yeah, yeah. The, it's the nameless character that is you, right? So, the idea of te- like, it can be done. Um, it would probably be a. Who, who the fuck knows, man? I don't want to talk myself out of any potential. Right, really? Like, it would know. be cool for there to be a movie of my books. I just don't want to – I don't want to – I say that I wouldn't want to do the screenplay and then, like, yeah. I'd read somebody else's version of the screenplay and be like, oh, you fucking schmuck. How, you know? Yeah. How dare you? How dare you add the, you know? Mm-hmm.
3: Um, no. I mean, because at the beginning of the conversation you said – I mean, I don't know if this is exactly what you meant. Yeah. But, you know, there there is this hope and maybe there has been for a while, you know, from people in our general sphere, like, at some point – There's going to be, you know, maybe a little more money, whether it's teal bucks or what flowing through and like maybe this little corner of the internet of Twitter, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe there'll be some more flourishing, not, not that it'll go like mainstream, but just that like things like movies and and where people can make a living off it, where people can make a living off of it. I mean, that's happening a little bit with some podcasts. Yes,
2: Sure. Uh, again, movies and TV are no way to make a living. Um, working in the movies because you like stories is like working in a slaughterhouse because you like animals. Um, yeah. So I, I think that again, I'm for any filmmakers listening, I, I don't mean to like, I just have PTSD from like working in development for nine years. I get
3: it. Development specifically. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Hollywood in general. Yeah. Sucks. But, like, development... I can, um, I
2: cannot go through a development process. Um, now, it, I have just met with a screenwriter last month about uh, one of my stories. Um, and, like, if she wants to run with it, great. Like, yeah. run with it, right? And, like, I'm not... I don't... Like, also, I remember, like, I adapted books, and I, or I worked on adapting books when I was working in Hollywood. And, like... Mm-hmm. I think that's a fucking dream for like the writer to be like, I want yeah. no involvement, right? I ne- you never got to hear from me. That yeah. would be great, you know?
3: Yeah, I mean, that, I, I bring it all this up because yeah, it sounds like you don't, you're not necessarily sold on the idea that this is going to happen. You know, to finally get some news, so finally some good news movie. But you, I, my impression has always been that you do have some connection still with screenwriters and stuff. I mean, yeah,
2: maybe I did, and I talked about finally some good news in the movie with a couple uh, couple guys um, that were great, cool guys. Um, uh, and, you know, ended up being friends with them, but I, you know, the movie project never went anywhere because they had to have careers. That's the other thing. Like nobody who yeah. touches me can ever have a career.
3: I mean, i hoping that might change, but you never, yeah, I don't know.
2: Who cares though? That's the other thing. Like yeah. movies are not superior to books, right? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Books have been around. You can pick up a book from 2,500 years ago and it's still good. So yeah. movies are are inferior to books in that way. And, uh, it's okay just to have, it's okay for a book just to be a book. There, again, this concept that Hollywood has to embrace something for it to be canonical or for it to be part of the culture is horseshit. Uh, movies may not exist in 30 years. So, yeah, I mean, there has been, yeah,
3: they have been losing some, some, uh, And then
2: whatever you say about my shit, like, I don't think it's right wing or racist or even misogynist. I mean, it's horny. Just being horny doesn't make you a bad person, (laughs) stupid bitches. But um, it it certainly is anti-corporate and can never exist in a corporate context. Right. Um, Yeah. So who knows? I don't I never I don't think about that shit. Like, I, I just don't. I don't think about the movie deal, the book deal, um, only to except to be like jealous of other people's success. Like I don't actually yeah. think about wanting it for myself. Uh, I'm thinking about the next book. Gotcha.
1: I think the vibe shift in a certain way, the tacos vibe shift, is um, this you know realm of art, what have you, is like like you mentioned. You, you didn't you, – your writing isn't really cancelable or that cancelable. It's like you're writing about sex and being a man and, like, it's it's not like some of the other stuff out there. Well, And I think the culture is kind of shifting, as we said at the beginning, yeah. to be interested in stuff like we're writing.
2: Well, here's what will happen. Uh, some younger, handsomer guy will start doing shit like me and become a huge <laughs> success. Right? <laughs> And it'll be the Sam Pink, Sean Thor Conroe uh, thing, right? Some guy will fucking... uh, Who knows? I I really don't... uh, I don't... You can't be outcome-dependent. Books are such a small, pathetic world that you can't really make a living off them anyway, except in rare cases, which is liberating because you can do whatever you want. And that's what I like. I like to do whatever I want. So i'm not a careerist about this while i do want success and i would love to be able to make a living off my books um it's not like i don't like lust after it and chase after it and i don't change the work to achieve that outcome mm-hmm. um i don't like it would just drive me crazy I, and it would suck and you, you know wise. everybody would know instantly like uh You'd be disgusted imagine the disgust if you just were like it would be a total betrayal of the not to be corny but the fucking sacred trust like what i want because mm-hmm. like all right my readers i serve my readers my job is to serve you the best thing that i can possibly do if it sucks all right, but I fucking tried, dude. I tried to, like, serve and curate my material to, like, the best of my ability to give you something that is true and interesting to read, right? That's, like, that's enough of a goal that you, you, and that's hard enough to do. You can't yeah. f- compromise it by throwing in other shit. Like, what's going to fucking sell? Yeah, what's going to go make viral and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you really never
1: yeah. know. Which is why Matt and I and you, I think we we all have like real jobs and writing is just something that we do because we love it.
2: Yeah, I have a real job and I save and invest every extra fucking penny because it is possible. When you say I'm uncancelable, remember that I took down 225 blog posts, you know, about 750 pages of material um, and made it password protected. So there are cancelable things. I mean, there's, you know, racist jokes and shit. It's not, you know, or, yeah. you know, talking about fucking, uh, you know, maybe being attracted to women that are 17 years, 11 months, <laughs> um, 29 days old, you know. Um, so I'm cancelable and it's, it's a reality that, like, I could be rendered unemployable uh, in decent society for a for life at any time. Mm-hmm. I just don't – I can't give that much of a shit. Like, what's yeah, I know. the alternative, I know what right? Like, not doing it, I yeah. would fucking – also,
3: I mean, any – pretty much any honest – any remotely honest straight guy is on some – I mean, I'm not – obviously, you actually had a blog. You're – yeah. like, you're you maybe – I'm not saying you're – you're obviously a bit more cancelable mm-hmm. than a lot of people, yeah. but I, I really do. You see – you know, obviously, if, if it's, like, celebrities are in Hollywood, it's going to be more likely, but you, you see – Guys who are just pretty, pretty normal go down for, for almost nothing. And yeah. it's like, at that, episode, that, because it's so, because it's so easy to get canceled, it's almost like you just feel like, oh, I don't give a shit.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, maybe I have been an asshole. I do think about like, I don't want to write things that make people feel bad. Um, there are certainly things that I've written that I, that I regret. Um, but most of it I was just fucking just reporting my feelings right just yeah and horniness again it's not horniness is no crime dude all men are extremely horny like women listening if there are any you have (laughs) you have zero concept of what horniness even means you cannot comprehend it and like we are just driven by this supernatural force um that that You'll you'll never grasp that it, that explains one hundred percent of the things that you find frightening about men. It's never going away, and uh, you'll never understand it either. And there's no solution. You're just fucked. Mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta bail in a minute because I oh yeah, my, my, my I, brunch, I did um I have a di- brunch date with two guys. <laughs> Sounds
3: fun. <laughs> uh, but I did. I, I have to ask tacos. Uh, will you sign my pussy? Of course. <laughs> <laughs>
2: like I'm gonna I'll do a little drawing for you too. Oh um,
3: lovely. Let's see see if i can draw an actual is that pen working yeah it's good okay. it was okay. a cute little yeah, pen i just found it randomly but yeah,
1: yeah. drawing <laughs> of a cat
2: no i'm gonna draw <laughs> i'm gonna try to draw a uh, fact maybe it's, let's see it's gonna draw on your plate here you that's ink going i can find uh, a better yeah This is a nice. Uh, I think you guys had Matt Lawrence. Yeah, on we had here. Lawrence on. Yeah. We're looking at this beautiful Matt Lawrence designed cover. It's amazing. Yeah. Which is a, a, an early draft that I made him keep. Like he just did this placement draft. Of he told like, us. A, yeah. yeah. And I told him like you can't that that expression like something about the expression is just perfect. Yeah,
1: it's just mysterious, hot.
2: Yeah. Know. A little aloof, a little bored, a little sad. It made me want to go to the
1: Philippines.
3: <laughs> Philippines is a
2: wonderful place, man. I, I, uh, I can't wait to get back. This time should work a bit better. All right, here we go. Let's give it a shot here. Sorry. No. I, I, Sorry. I always... Oh, yeah, I want to apologize because people ask me for fucking uh, signed books all the time and I never do it anymore and it's because I do these drawings every time I sign hmm. a book. Um.
3: Oh, I think I know what you're drawing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't see the drawing, but just from the hand motion, I know what he's drawing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: let's give her a bigger ass here, a little bigger cheeks. And uh, let's give her some pubic hair to indicate that she's a biological adult. <laughs> <laughs> so I get in trouble. So just to make sure we're here. A little navel. Angle here. There we go. Yeah, guys. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate oh, thank you so much on. for coming on. Yeah. Get a little titty in the picture here. Oh, lovely corner titty. Um. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Speaking of Matt Lawrence
3: covers as well, I am gonna forcibly give you my own book. All right, no expectation that you actually read it. I just I want to you know be able to say that I gave my book to delicious tacos.
2: There we go. Thank you. Thanks, buddy. All right, we done. We good? I think so. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna take a quick. I take a picture usually. Yeah, sure. These drawings that I do too. Right. Yeah, thanks for coming back. Pleasure, hey. you guys. Thank you for having
1: me. Yeah, when we started the pod, we are like, oh. who's the prototypical author for New Wright? delicious docket. i uh, right. good.